New York State is one of just 14 states, a minority of states that have no term limits for their governor. George Phillips is the executive director of the organization Term Limit the New York Governor. He's working on an amendment to the New York State Constitution that would create term limits for the governor and other statewide officials. It would apply eight is enough, which is the most universal and recognized term limit for statewide officials in New York. George, thank you for being on No Uncertain Terms. Nick, thanks for having me on. We're really happy to have you on, uh, finally. Glad we could organize this. Um, When we think of the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo is the first name that comes to mind. He won three terms. He was running for a fourth, resigned in disgrace. And I think a lot of people are familiar with some of his abuses of power, at least 11 instances of sexual harassment. But correct me if I'm wrong, that was really just the tip of a very large iceberg, right? What else can you tell us about Cuomo and corruption? This has been a corrupt governorship, not just for Cuomo, but other governors as well. We've constantly had an abuse of power, as we see with career politicians. New York State is not alone, but we seem to have our fair share here. We've had previous governors resign, comptrollers resign, attorney generals resign, speakers of the state assembly and state senate majority leaders wind up in prison. It's been a corrupt, corrupt state. Term limits is a great way to counter the abuse of power here in New York. My inspiration for starting this was years ago, I saw an article in the Rochester paper, and it was right before the 2018 election. It said, how did Andrew Cuomo become the $100 million man? So think about that Mm -hmm. for governor, $100 million in campaign funds raised. How did he do this? Through the money, through state contracts. Legally, there's no quid pro quo. Legally, the governor can't say, hey, if you donate $40,000 to my campaign account, I'll give you this state business, millions of dollars in contracts. But that's the way it's been going. That's the way things have been operating here in New York. And everyone under the sun that's interested in state contracts has been pouring money into the Cuomo campaign. So $100 million wow. right before his third reelection, before he resigned in disgrace, he was up to about an $18 million war chest. And as you'd mentioned, eight is enough. He was going on 16 years, 16 years. His dad did 12 years. Republican governor, Governor Pataki did 12 years. If you add those numbers up, that's 40 years of three people being governor in our state. 16 years is way too long. 12 is way too long. Right. So many abuses of power have happened. Yeah, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but was there not uh, legal action brought against, uh, I believe it was Cuomo's closest aide, right? I mean, there was a a fraud probe, bribery, uh, bid rigging, um, no-show jobs, stuff like that that the administration was giving out? We got the famous Buffalo Billion. There was an investigation years ago, supposedly a nonpartisan investigation into the Cuomo administration, and the governor had shut down. (laughs) <laughs> and there was nothing really to right. do to stop him because so many of the politicians in Albany, so many of the special interest groups said, oh, he's the guy that's in. And chances are he's going to be in for the next term as well. So we've got to play nice with him. His resignation has blown this issue open for us because, as you've said, as as your chairman, Harry Rich, has said, this is an 80-10 issue. Almost everyone agrees with term limits. And if you survey most politicians, they agree with term limits, but it's the matter of getting it done, 
now that the king is gone, so to speak, now that Cuomo is out, everyone's on a reform bandwagon. Oh, yes, it was sexual harassment. It's horrible what happened to these women. It was an abuse of power. And as you alluded to in your introductory remarks, there's been many other abuses of power in New York State. Term limits is the way to curtail that. And so we have a lot of people talking, and we're hoping that a powerful coalition will come out very soon to be pushing for term limits. The best advocate is always the people. We need the people of New York to be talking to their representatives about this. And I know many of them are listening to this program here. And I know many who are listening to this program have friends in New York. Almost everyone knows someone in New York. So we want to get the ball rolling. We want to close the gap here. 36 states have term limits for governor. We have been ranked in some of the research that I went through with your group. We've been ranked as one of the most powerful governorships in the country. The old saying in Albany is three men in the room. It's the Speaker of the Assembly, the Senate Majority Leader, and the Governor. Right. And they control the wheels of power here. The Governor of New York with a massive bureaucracy, with a budget, it's twice the size of the state of Florida. We're looking at going on $180 billion. Before too long, it'll be $200 billion. We look at the governor controlling that budget, controlling the jobs, the thousands and thousands of jobs that are given out. And it's an abuse of power. It's not going to stop until we get term limits. Term limits would be a huge victory for the people of New York and for the American people, because this is such a large state and one of the most important states that doesn't have term limits yet. Yeah. And uh, as you noted, I, there was a New York Times article uh several years ago, talking about the cauldron of corruption in New York State, how I believe you guys had a record number of uh, corruption accusations and convictions in a rather short period of time. Uh, we saw Sheldon Silver, I think he went to prison, Dean Skelos, the Senate leader, and uh, Andrew Cuomo is sort of just the next domino to fall in this, uh, this string of corruption in New York, is he not? Absolutely. And I alluded others that the average listener might not be familiar with, but we lost our most recent comptroller <laughs> out of the state <laughs> budget here. We lost the previous attorney general uh, before Governor Cuomo. Listeners right. would be familiar with certainly Elliot Spitzer. That was a scandal that terminated his governorship. The governor who took over after him, the Governor Patterson, he had improprieties that forced him not to run. And that set the stage for Cuomo. So it's just been scandal after scandal. Again, the scandals happen when politicians get in and think they're invincible. It's terrible what Andrew Cuomo said and did to these women. And I believe one of the reasons he did it is because he thought he was invincible. He thought he was going to be yeah. in office, in power, and no one could touch him. No one wanted to go against the governor of New York until a few brave women stood up and then everything started to fall. Yeah, it's that uh, toxic cocktail of... Um of power and hubris. And uh, the problem just tends to compound with more time in office, as we've observed. Let me ask you about this amendment specifically, because we know it's going to be eight years for the governor that you're proposing. But you also mentioned that um, the other statewide elected officials are within the scope of the amendment. Um, so who else is in would be included? And why is it so important to include those offices as well as the chief executive? I personally, I'm a term limit purists like yourselves. I'd love to have term limits for the legislature in New York here. Uh, we don't know that's politically viable at this point, but for New York, there's four statewide offices. It's governor, it's lieutenant governor, it's attorney general, and it's comptroller. 
And term limiting all of those, I think, would level the playing field and say, look, we're term limiting all statewide officials. And as you know, part of the reason that legislatures would want to initiate term limits for executives is it opens the door for them a little yes. bit. Okay. Hey, I'm an ambitious young state senator or assembly person. I'm thinking about governor. Maybe I'm not thinking about governor. Maybe I'm thinking about comptroller or attorney general. So that opens the door. Uh, one, we think it's the right thing to do. We think that major offices should be term limited in this state and in this country. But secondly, I think it, it gives us some more viability. Yes, governor is the high profile one. But as I mentioned, we had a attorney general leave in scandal. We had a comptroller leave in scandal. And it helps keep them honest and accountable for the people of New York and for the American people. Hi, this is Scott Tillman, the National Field Director with U.S. Term Limits. We're over a year out, but candidates have already been signing up to run for office. Next November, we're going to elect people to fill 435 U.S. House seats in over 30 U.S. Senate seats. There will be several thousand people running, and we've already had 150 congressional candidates sign the pledge for term limits amendment. We're also working state by state to pass resolutions for a term limits amendment convention. There are over 7,000 state legislative seats in the 50 states, and over 6,000 of those will be up for election in November 2022. 116 new candidates have signed this pledge. I pledge that as a member of the state legislature, I will co-sponsor, vote for, and defend the resolution applying for an Article 5 convention for the sole purpose of enacting term limits on Congress. There will be over 10,000 candidates in these races, and we need your help to get them to sign the pledge. Follow us on Facebook to see the new signers, and to get other term limits news. And connect with me, Scott Tillman, at S-T-I-L-L-M-A-N at termlimits.com. That's S-Tillman at termlimits.com to help with pledges in your state. Act today to help us term limit Congress. The fact that you have chosen to include the governor and other statewide officials, but not the legislature, To me, that really underscores the seriousness and the credibility of your proposal. When you looked at this, you said, look, um, it's it's not as if the chickens are going to vote for Colonel Sanders. To a lot of people, it would come off as impractical if you were asking the legislature to term limit themselves. But instead, you have harnessed their ambitions. They all want to be governor. They all want to be AG someday, and they're blocked by these prehistoric incumbents, you have harnessed those ambitions and channeled them in the right direction to get something, to get a proposal that might be not just good policy, but politically practical. Absolutely. And for term limits, junkies, like a lot listening to this show, we have a rich history of term limits here in New York. Mm. Over 20 years ago, over 25 years ago, there was a big push for term limits in New York. And as, as some of your listeners might know, we've got term limits in New York City, a city yep. of 8 million people. We have term limits in other cities that listeners would know about, like Syracuse, Utica, Binghamton. We have term limits in major counties, including Westchester County, just out of New York City, Ulster County, another big county near New York City, Suffolk County, one of our big counties in Long Island. These are term limits that are supported by Republicans and Democrats alike. So if we could do it throughout the state, we could do it for the most important office in the state at a critical time when everyone is talking about reform, 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 and cleaning up corruption. This is the perfect time for term limits for the New York governor and for these other statewide officials. 
Sure, and uh, the, all the evidence that we have uh, shows that the enthusiasm for term limits in New York State has never waned. We've got the polls showing that four out of five New Yorkers strongly support this. Uh, we've got the referendum that was held in New York City just a couple of years ago to slap eight-year term limits on all of the community boards. Uh, so obviously the eight is enough model is still proving very popular. It's become um, become the model for the country, really. And that's obviously uh, 35 of 36 governors have an eight-year term limit. Only one has a different term limit, and that's Virginia, which is shorter. No governor gets to serve longer than eight years in those 36 states that have term limits. So, George, could you uh, briefly explain what is the process for actually getting this amendment done, getting an amendment to the New York State Constitution to term limit uh, statewide officials, politically, legally, what has to be done so that the citizens can vote on this? We have to have legislation passed in two consecutive legislative sessions of separately elected legislators. So viewers might remember the last elections were 2020. We have two-year terms for our Senate and Assembly. That means before the next election, our goal is to get term limits passed for the first time. So ideally, it would be in 2022, our legislator legislature is out of session now. It'll go back in in January till June. So from January until June, we desperately need to get term limits passed. If we do that, there's going to be another election, obviously, in November. A new legislature will take, take office in January 2023. Then we would get the same legislation passed again. That would give us a ballot initiative for the voters to vote on in November of 2023, which it seems like it's a while off, but time goes by rather quickly here. And that's that means our goal is in two years, we get this ballot initiative passed. We know it's going to pass overwhelmingly. We know this is an 80-10 issue. The issue is just getting the people of New York to get pressure on their elected officials and to raise this issue so we can get legislation passed that would make this a reality for us. This is a public service announcement. Mark Meckler is president of Convention of States Action, an organization dedicated to using the convention process outlined in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution to amend the Constitution and revigorate federalism and pare back the power of the federal government. Among the specific reforms his group espouses is term limits on both the U.S. Congress and the Supreme Court. In a recent address to the Young America's Foundation, Meckler shares some rarely heard historical insights about Article 5. So how do we get back to federalism? There is a way back to federalism. The founders gave it to us. They put it in the United States Constitution for us. Most people aren't aware of this. Article 5 of the Constitution gives us a way to go back to federalism. The first clause of Article 5 tells us how we amend the Constitution the way Congress has done it. Congress proposes an amendment. It takes two-thirds of either, or sorry, both houses to propose an amendment. And then that amendment goes out for ratification by three-quarters of the states. That's the way we've gotten all 27 amendments. But they also put in there an Easter egg something that we would find in time of need. And that Easter egg is the second clause of Article 5, and it says that the states can call a convention for proposing amendments. And specifically, they put it in there for a time when the federal government becomes a tyranny. Anybody in here think the federal government's a tyranny today? Yeah. 
Federal government is a tyranny. By the way, 72% of Americans say the federal government's too big and does too much. So the founders put it in there for a time just like this. And they said there's going to come a time and we're going to count on you, the people, acting through your state legislatures to call a convention to limit federal power, to take power away from the federal government and give it back to the people. September 15th, in my opinion, is the most important day in American history. The reason I say September 15th, it's my wife's birthday. I get in big trouble if I forget that. But it is also what I call Article 5 Day. This is the day, two days before the end of convention, Colonel George Mason from Virginia stands up, he addresses the assembly, and he says this. We have made a terrible mistake in this document. It's two days before the end of convention. They're probably tired, ready to go home. He talked the second most of anybody there. They're probably sick and tired. They're Mason again, please. And he says, we have made a terrible mistake. We've given the power to the federal government to propose amendments, but we've not given that same power to the people acting through the states. And it's incredible what Mason's notes reflect at this point, or Madison's notes. They say, nin com. That's shortened Latin for no comment. Nobody debates. These guys debated everything. They debated how to debate. And yet there is not a single debate about this idea that Mason has just proposed that they need to give the states this power. And in fact, if you look at the voting record, they vote unanimously to give you the power to call a convention to propose amendments to restrain federal tyranny. It's the only thing I'm aware of where there's no debate and it is unanimously inserted into the Constitution and we have that power. It's now been over uh, 230 years. We've never exercised that power, but we can and we must. That's where we're at today. As we know from looking at the polling, term limits is not a left issue or a right issue. It's an American issue. New York happens to be a democratically controlled state with a democratically controlled legislature. What are you doing as the leader of this group to make sure that Democrats, Republicans, New Yorkers from all political stripes have a seat at this table to help this effort succeed? Yeah, certainly. We're talking to key players. We're talking to key interest groups. I know a lot of times when people hear interest group, they think, oh, these are groups would be against term limits, like lobbyists that are trying to get their piece of the pie here. But there's a number of good government groups in New York State. On the right, there's Empire Center. On the left, there's a group called NYPERG. These groups are focusing on, for years, good government ethics reform. So we've been talking to them and saying, let's make this a major issue here. This is the time for it. And everyone's realizing, not only is this is the time, Time has long passed for this, but this is the opportunity, this is the moment, because we have Andrew Cuomo leaving office. It's a new game in town. Politically, you have a lieutenant governor taking over, now Governor Hochul, and she may be the Democrat nominee next time. There's Republicans running very hard on the term limit issues. Lee Zeldin, congressman from Long Island, and Rob Astorino, the former Westchester County executive. They're running very hard on this issue. What will the Democrats be doing it? At the end of the day, the candidates are important, but we need the pressure and we need the action on the legislature. But the fact that we have people talking about this, we have other Democrats thinking of running for governor, right. and there may be a primary. And if you have a lot of candidates talking about term limits, that's when it becomes a reality. We'd like to get the ball going before the next election, but just think about it. If we have all the candidates for governor, Talking about term limits, what's going to happen in January 2023? 
we're going to have a great chance for success. So the future's now. We want to get this done now. We want to get this done in the next legislative session. But it's a great opportunity for New York and for term limit lovers who are listening to this, for people who love this country and want to see corruption cleaned up. We've got a great opportunity here in New York. Yeah, and you are already generating a lot of buzz. I know you're very active on uh, social media. Um, I know your your account followed me on Twitter. I saw that the other day. Um, I'm sure the people who are listening would love to know, particularly those who are based in New York, which is a, a big portion of our audience, what can they do to help you? You mentioned that part of this is mobilizing, contacting legislators, um, how can how specifically can they get involved? Do you have a website? Where can they sign up to be a part of this? Well, they should come to our website. It's termlimitthenygov.org. So again, that's termlimitthenygov.org. They can see more information, some of the arguments we've discussed on this, this program. We do have a petition for citizens to shut sign, but what we're looking at is actually to follow the U.S. term limit model and have a pledge for legislature, legislators. We're looking at some allies who have worked on this issue and is that could be effective. I know it's been extremely effective for U.S. term limits that you have many, many, many members of Congress sign on a term limit pledge. You're having great success in the states for your Article 5 Convention of the States with the pledge. So I would like to have a pledge here and just start counting your numbers. Everyone says they're for term limits, but step forward. Are you for term limits or not? Sign this pledge. And then we count the numbers and it's it's not that hard. It's even easier than the U.S. Congress. Most of you listening might know there's 435 members in the House. You need 218 uh, for passage here. In the New York State Assembly, there's 150. And so we would need just 76 members for a majority there. In the New York State Senate, there's 63. So 32 is a majority. Those are real numbers that, uh, again, if we were able to get everyone on the record on this, yeah, they're going to be for term limits. The pledge says, look, you publicly signed something on this. It puts them on the record. So we're hopeful. Again, we're trying to, to talk with allies and, and see if they think this is the best approach because, again, they are the people that are elected to represent us. We need them to carry the water. We need them to actually introduce the legislation and work to get it passed. But we'll be doing everything we can to make this reality for the taxpayers of New York. That is fantastic. As you know, U.S. term limits is behind you 100 uh, percent. You guys are doing the Lord's work on this. Um, we will be following your progress and helping uh, as much as we possibly can. We will be activating our volunteers and supporters um, to be a part of this as well. And George, just wanted to uh, thank you for coming on the program. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The term limits convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the term limits movement. To check on the status of the term limits convention resolution in your state, go to termlimits.com slash take action. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a take action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turn Limits Convention resolution, or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. term limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. 
Go to termlimits.com slash donate. Termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. The revolution isn't being televised. Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast. Yeah.